0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. On today's Green Meridian episode, we are speaking with the talented Chrissy Maybay. Uh, Chrissy and I uh, travel in a parallel universe. Uh, she has a pretty uh, pretty good podcast, The Process Driven Designer, that you can find on Spotify and all of your podcast platforms. And she is actively out there designing and managing multiple projects at a high level of detail every day. So we're welcoming Chrissy. How are you doing? Wonderful.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, good to connect on your podcast, and I appreciate your time and all the input that you put in to yours as well.
0: Thank you. I'm removing my dog's collar because he's in the background scratching, and it sounds like somebody's shaking a bell. (laughs) Um, That's that's how low-tech we are over here so uh so you and I converse by text or email over you know the course of the year a couple of times about plant availability or Personnel issues or uh other site related uh, developments um I know we had to delay our start today a little bit sounds like you uh it's really hard to set up a time and like meet during the day I mean you know you set up something weeks ahead sounds great and then the day comes and it it's a jam. So, yeah. so, so what happened today that, uh, had you delayed?
1: Um, so usually I restrict my Mondays to being like a planning day. So I have employee meetings that day. I usually do my planning. I, that's when I do QuickBooks, all of that. And with being the holiday week, Tuesday is now my Monday, but it didn't end up working the same way as my Mondays normally do. So I had to run up and meet with a a client and her contractor in Anacortes, which is a little bit of a haul Mm -hmm. um, for what should have been a fairly quick meeting, but um, I had to wait for both my client and the contractor. And then they had more questions and we staked everything out, uh, which is a little more, Mm -hmm. more than I was planning on. So it took an extra couple of minutes, but as it goes.
0: It's amazing that everything comes together when it does, isn't it? I mean, it just feels like you look at something that it feels effortless. I think, I think you know, your 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 friends at a cocktail party always think they they think you're like casting wildflowers in a field somewhere, (laughs) like The Sound of Music, you know. But it's not anything like that.
1: Yeah, they think it's like a you know their weekend trip to Home Depot to pick out some flowers and go home and plant them.
0: Yeah, and that's and you're doing it for a living. So, well, Um, it's different
1: conversing with a contractor that i mean that was my first time meeting him it's my Mm -hmm. my client's contractor with my own contractors that i've developed relationships with just like you and your designers you, you have a reasonable expectation of you know what things look like on plan versus what that means in reality and where to find you know even you know detailed information on the plan like elevation grades things like that i had to kind of review all of that, um, with him because he's, he's never seen one of my plans
0: before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and what, and wonder what he's saying when you leave the site, <laughs> uh, you never so know, you never know, but you kind of do. Uh, so so let's rewind a little bit. Give us a quick bio of how you uh, how you were so uh, fortunate to get into this uh, field. How, how, how'd, how'd that work out for you? I understand you were in, arch- in architecture school way back in the day.
1: Yes. So I I took a much more direct route than I think a lot of our colleagues into this industry. I was very fortunate enough that in high school, I took drafting classes and I learned AutoCAD as a sophomore in high school. Wow. Wow. And I worked for my teacher, um, through high school was an architect. And so I helped him out with house plans and did you know, work for him on summers and weekends and, um, on off time throughout high school and was intending on going to school for architecture. Cause that was the, the plan presented in front of me and it was a good fit. Um, And then I got to school and I loved the program. I was, you know, it was exactly what I expected, but it was a little frustrating for me having to kind of take a couple steps back just to move through the program in the regimented fashion.
0: What what Um, do you mean you had to to take it? Cause you were already advanced in AutoCAD enough to uh, go through that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And I didn't even know that the landscape architecture program existed at the time until I took a class um, called the built environment that was a collaboration between architect students interior design landscape architecture construction management all together in one class basically talking about you're going to bump into each other you're going to have to learn to collaborate these are the pieces this is how your processes fit together. Here's yeah. the overlap. It was a, it was a really engaging class on the, and this is it. Prim- uh,
0: this is at Wazoo. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was at Wazoo and the primary professor of that class was the director of the landscape architecture program at the time. And so I stayed after class um, I was probably like the first week or so of that class and just picked his brain and he's like, you should come meet with me in my office hours. And he gave me a tour kind of gave me a, a rundown and the next um, year, I switched programs into the Landscape Architecture Program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I just kind of followed that path. I I started out um, the last two years of the program at WSU. At the time, it's since changed, but um, the last two years were at the Spokane campus, which was really great because it gave me the opportunity to go to school full-time and work part-time at interning for local design build firms and did you have to
0: do did you have to do an architecture uh, prerequisite for it that's what when I went to Florida they they required you know pretty much a year and a half of architecture which I just loathed but um but I had to do it to start
1: um Um, they were very different programs at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, when I went through the program, the landscape architecture program was actually part of the natural resource sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was with all of, you know, agriculture, science, horticulture, all of that far end of the campus from architecture, engineering, construction management. Mm-hmm. So Since, pretty separate, which is yeah, good. Yeah. There was, good there was that. very little overlap until mm-hmm. we got into, um, the program that was up in Spokane where we had a lot of collaborative, um, classes together, Mm -hmm. but, um, now the program has since shifted and landscape architecture got put into the, the school of the, I think they call it built environment that has construction management and Mm -hmm. architecture. So I'm sure that things have shifted and changed a lot since I was there.
0: So that that happened, you got out of that, uh, graduated, uh, took the uh, LARE exam, and uh, loved that. You're kind of a real wonk with that kind of stuff, which is.
1: <laughs> I took a, it a, really a, a early. Um, I actually, after passing the exam, had to wait a couple months before I actually qualified to get my license. Right. Because um, I I knew that once I kind of got too deep into just doing the thing that I would get out of that zone of studying. Mm-hmm. And I, I started, I don't know, maybe the summer after, maybe the fall after I graduated, I started studying and taking exam sections so that I was still kind of in that mode. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, am kind of a dork and I like taking tests. So I, I nerded out on, on studying for it and doing practice practice exams and all of that. Wow.
0: Um, you you, so need, it, you need counseling, girl.
1: <laughs> hey, I passed every section first time. Of so course, of off. course
0: you did. Shut up. <laughs> so what about uh so so that that happened and then you're 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 a child prodigy out in the world. Are you uh are you uh working for a design firm right right out of the gates?
1: Um yeah, yeah so the I had one internship um early on when I first moved to Spokane. And then um, I worked for Land Expressions. Um, mm-hmm. I was interning there when I was in school, and then right after graduating, I shifted into working full time for them. And I was with them for almost five years before. They're in,
0: the East, they're in Eastern Washington, correct?
1: Yes, they're in Eastern Washington, and mm-hmm. they do—they work nationwide. Yeah. Um, yeah. They specialize in water features. They've done it.
0: Yeah, they do beautiful uh, work. That, that must have really, been a really great. Uh, great and indoctrination to the the field where you're just doing all kinds of stuff in a high yeah, school so it
1: really was and i had some really great um there's some really great leadership there i had a ton of opportunities to really mm-hmm. learn a lot um and because being in spokane it's a little bit more seasonal than mm-hmm. we are here yeah, right. um i got the opportunity to even you know get my hands dirty and work on An install crew periodically, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. gave me a chance to, you know, I think really become a better designer, like seeing the reality of how things get installed versus how it is, you know, putting something on paper.
0: Probably the most critical thing that's missing from the the LA programs in in most cases. Yeah. And so you, so that, that, that you you did that for a while and then you came back here and did you uh, immediately, did you have your own private consulting when you, you moved here or did you, work for uh the in Snohomish? Uh, um, what was
1: next I I actually worked for a a firm that I I won't name mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it was not a great experience um but they work both eastern Washington and western Washington mm-hmm. that was kind of a a stepping stone to get over mm-hmm. here um my husband and I had just had our first child needed mm-hmm. to get over here to be closer to family um so that kind of pushed the transition my husband had already secured a a, a, transfer with his company. Um, so we, it kind of catapulted that move faster than it we wanted to. Um, so I, I took a, a position with a company and that lasted, you know, pretty short while. And then I ended up, um, working for sublime, which I was mm-hmm. there for eight years, mm-hmm. um, before I started Kismet design.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, man, there's some great work, uh, in your portfolio from those years as well. So that's yeah good, it
1: was that's it. it was a, a good time. So mm-hmm. it it built a lot of um a lot of my experience with that was really just building off of what I had already done and mm-hmm. the experiences that I had with land expressions in Spokane. And I even did some work in Western Washington when I was with land expressions, but I just didn't have the connections and the the understanding and really kind of building my my skill set and my knowledge on Western Washington plant material. Right. Um, because when I lived over here as, you know, a teenager and as a young child, like I, I knew what plants were pretty and I had interest in it, but I didn't know the plants like, yeah. like you get to know them when you have a you know different interest in it. Um, yeah. So but really you know, I guess it, it's them. not,
0: it's not like you're starting from scratch there because you, you, you know how to learn about it. Right. Know? Exactly. And so you can pick it up much, much faster. I, I moved from Florida to California, which was a shift. And then I moved from California to here. But by the time I had moved to California, I felt like I knew how to learn the plant material. So I kind of compartmentalized it yeah, and it made it much easier. And of course you never know, you know, everything you can know. Um, But I enjoyed the fact that you were over at Sublime because it was great. If I, if I ran into a client and they said that they were, uh, they were uh, interviewing uh, uh, you or Heidi, then my first comment was, well, why didn't you hire them then? You know, because, and (laughs) why are you hiring me? And then if they did hire me, I would call over at your office. I would say, what's going on with that client? And invariably I'd hear, oh my God, they didn't hire you, did they? Because they're a nightmare. So I learned so much um, (laughs) by being able to bounce stuff off and and infrequently, Uh, if I, if they had mentioned your name and they hadn't hired at sublime, I should have run for it, but I, I I didn't do that. So let's shift gears a little bit and tell us, tell us something really unusual about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know that there's really, I, I find myself to be a very kind of boring middle of the road, fair weather person. Um, well,
0: I'll I'll say a few <laughs> things because I've done my research. Um, uh, you're a hunter. Is that right?
1: Yes. And, I don't do what? it as often as I used to. But. Uh,
0: and what's your what's your weapon of choice and your game of choice?
1: Um, I do not personally shoot things with big brown eyes. Mm-hmm. I do a annual elk hunt with my family, but I'm there for the hike. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the hunting that I've ever done has been mostly upland bird and waterfowl.
0: Mm-hmm when they're shooting elk you're just walking along to give everybody a guilt trip for, for doing it
1: we joke that I'm the pack animal
0: yeah right, right it's like being the vegetarian at the table when i go back to florida it's not a it's not a pretty sight to be that person yeah. um so and, and 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 for your personal edification you have other hobbies i know that you're immersed in like little league and things like that yes. with, with your
1: with so your, we so. My kids do a lot of sports. My daughter plays volleyball.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: my son does both select basketball and baseball. So oh. that keeps us very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, as a family, we do a lot of snowmobiling um, in the winter. Um, I love paddleboarding. Um, we recently purchased a cabin in Leavenworth area. So I hope to spend almost all of August on a paddleboard on the river. Um, I do so a that's, lot of that's all stuff and, you could have,
0: that's art. all stuff you could have brought up. You didn't, you know, it didn't come to mind as being unusual because most of us are just grinding out plans 24, yeah. seven, 365 So, and then what, uh, what, what happens, uh, in the evening, you, uh, you, you're, you're, you're drinking, uh, Johnny Walker straight out of the bottle. And, and <laughs> bed. Are you, are you having a nightcap and then reading, uh, murder mysteries or what, what, what what's happening? Um,
1: I do like murder mysteries. Um, Mm -hmm. but most, most of the books that I read are, um, like business related books. Um, Oh my
0: God. Okay.
1: I really like Simon Sinek. Um, I do have a a good friend from high school that we still do a book club. And so she, she breaks me out of my, um, my business book list. Um, so that's, that's been good. That's been Mm -hmm. fun. Some Mm -hmm. really strange ones. Um,
0: Mm-hmm. You have a pretty good uh, landscape library of stuff?
1: I do. Um one of the one of my previous coworkers actually gave me a, a ton of old books and mm-hmm. um so I I also have the um teacher that I had in high school gave me a ton of old books mostly related to architecture and drafting. Um mm-hmm. and then I even have a few of my grandpa's um he was an engineer mm-hmm. and um I have a few of his old books also.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're, uh, you're, you're known for, um, being a pretty thorough and methodical and focused person. You, uh, occasionally give seminars on various topics, notably recently on, uh, on, uh, computer applications, uh, in landscape architecture and landscape design. And, um, you have a pretty good slate, a longstanding slate of clients that refer you and have a really good reputation, I think, uh, which is a difficult thing to maintain in our little insular world. Um, and I would have to say in your case that uh, in my view anyway, it's universal. I've, I've never heard anyone talk smack about you, which is really unusual. Um, but what- well, Thank what, you. <laughs> that's good what, to know. Well, well, there's still time, you know, so- <laughs> But would you say uh, that there's, uh, how would you say people uh, might uh, mischaracterize or misunderstand what you do versus what you actually do? We were talking about that a little earlier, but how do you, how how would you characterize that?
1: Um, I think in it depends on, it, it depends on the audience. So I think among like colleagues and collaborative professions, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't find that I'm necessarily misunderstood or misinterpreted. Um, I tend to try and be uh, fairly direct and pretty kind of concise. And I, mean, I I'm an open book. I mean, anyone can ask me any question. I'm mm-hmm. more than willing to to answer. Um, but when it comes to like clients, I think just as an industry in general, I think that there's still a lot of kind of client education on, you know, what what the difference between a contractor versus a designer versus a landscape architect and kind of where, I mean, there's a lot of overlap in each individual, you know, Yeah. or, you know, a master gardener Mm -hmm. um, versus a landscape architect. Like that's something Mm -hmm. that, you know, to you and I is very clear, Mm -hmm. but I think to general public is, is not always as Mm -hmm. clear. And there's, there's a lack of knowledge and understanding there a lot of the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, Yeah, that's well put. Let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, Chrissy Maybe. So we're back and uh, thanks for meeting with me today. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. So, what, what what kind of projects do you have going on right now, and what 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 are you doing? I know that it can vary, and sometimes it's slow, or sometimes it's super yeah. busy. Sometimes there's a really exciting project, or you've got an endless budget. Sometimes somebody is uh, drilling you down to see how much free stuff they can get out of <laughs> you. But what what's it what's it like right now for you? Well, I
1: have yet to find a client with an endless budget. Um, Mm -hmm. That would probably be pretty overwhelming. Um, But right now I just finished up a pool installation project Um, Mm -hmm. that's been going on for quite some time. Um, So that's, that's been a really exciting project. It's been in the works for quite a while. Um, I'm working on a project that's actually out of my geographical zone right now um, in Seattle, kind of Ballard area. I started that design early on when I started um, my business, and so I was taking things a lot further out. And the um, it's a fairly simple project, but it is on a environmental critical area. It has a steep slope in their backyard, and so just the permitting process alone took a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So that bump thing. So that's that's in the works right now. Um, and then I have another project starting um, kind of Lake Goodwin area that i'm I'm really excited about. Super great clients. Um, we're doing a sport court and a patio area and then fixing some big drainage issues. Um, so that's a, a fun one that's in construction. And you've as got a as... pretty
0: uh, you got a pretty concise team around you. Got a, you have an assistant uh, designer that's working with you. Is that yep. right? Yep.
1: So currently it's just myself and Colleen. Um, Colleen is a fantastic designer. She does a lot of the. Um, internal stuff. Um, she works remotely, so mm-hmm. she's not local. Um, she lives in Idaho. Oh,
0: really? And wow. so we,
1: we coordinate via zoom and phone call. Um, usually we have two meetings a week, um, to coordinate and go through stuff, review things. Um, and then we, I, I do sketches and scan them to her to help with, um, some of the drafting work and production. And then, um, she's just, she's a great designer. She speaks Chrissy quite fluently. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had, um, a couple other designers. I'm, I'm hoping to eventually build my team out more. Um, it's just, it's hard to find people. And with the the current economy, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Kind of never, just, just run and lean and mean, uh, for mm-hmm. now, just with Colleen yeah. and I, and kind of seeing where, where things go in the next couple of years. And then eventually I do plan to, to grow the team, but.
0: Yeah. It's, there's never a good time. And then, you know, and you know, it's hard, hard whenever you, do decide to make that kind of leap um you know if you're successful at it you're you're prescient and uh and must have some incredible business sensibility but you could just so easily fall on your ass and if you did then of course you were a complete idiot and why'd you do that so um <laughs> you know but there's never there's never really been a good time and I think it's especially difficult when most of your uh revenue is dependent on design fees and management you know billings and things like that because you don't have right. The benefit of the installation, you know, revenue. Right. So, it's a,
1: a different, different margin for sure. Than right. The installation. But
0: lower overhead, you know, which is, yeah. uh, you know, and, one benefit
1: and lower liability.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Helps sure. me sleep at night. So how do you, how do you compartmentalize your time? What What's a typical day? Do you, do you set aside certain time during the week where you try to fixate on designing and other times to see the job site and, um, that type of thing? How do you, how do you juggle the time? Is it every day just wide open? And you just set it or what do you do?
1: I am, I'm, I'm- pretty strict about my time. And, um, I think that that's one of the things that makes me the most efficient. And so I usually, I, I do a lot of designs every year and, uh, not a ton of project management, but a a fair amount, especially for it. Just most of those meetings are just me because, Mm -hmm. Colleen works remotely and um obviously she helps a ton with production but I I regiment my my weeks and my months pretty strategically so I only take um, usually three new design clients a month um and I do two weeks off one week or two weeks on one week off so that I I can kind of space those out mm. and I only do new client meetings on Tuesdays or Thursdays um I try to do them only on Tuesdays but I I have some flexibility there I'm not that rigid. Um, Mondays and Fridays, I try and keep as planning days and Friday usually is kind of more of a flex day. Mm-hmm. And then so those, um, those would
0: be the days where you do like a project review kind of thing on site with someone.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesdays are typically the day that I try and fill with Plant shopping, um, plant uh, planting, layout days—things mm-hmm. that are going to be bigger bulk of mm-hmm. of my time—and then I will. Once a project starts in construction, I will, depending on what crew I'm working with, I will put placeholders you know, two to three times a week for my check-in days. And I usually, I work with the same crews a lot. So I usually know kind of what time of day is usually ideal for them. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's one crew that I work with that usually I try and hit like 10 o'clock um, because that's usually they've gotten to the job site. They've kind of gotten into things. They're at a good point where I can be there to, they've got some questions generated. They know kind of where they're going to be at for the rest of the day and the ne- next couple days. And then I've got another crew that I usually try and hit after lunch so that they they'll usually put their list together and they know when I'm going to be there on a, on a Tuesday and be like, okay, you know, as we're eating lunch, we're going to write a list for questions when Chris. Yeah. Gets and I'm sure, it,
0: it, I'm sure it depends on the discipline that's they're exercising during the day and the client's yeah. disposition and distance and all those other things. Right. So that, so you have the two weeks on one week off on that one week uh, that's, that's a bridge. Is that a design week? Is that? Um,
1: that is usually a meeting week. So that's when I try and do my my concept meeting review meetings with clients, mm-hmm. my final meetings so that mm-hmm. I can I try and keep a, a pretty good cadence to mm-hmm. my meetings. And mm-hmm. even like with my clients, once I meet uh, meet with them for that initial consult, I'll leave enough time to take measurements that same day and then I when I get back into the office, I schedule their concept meeting for three weeks out. What and so that two weeks, on one week off gives me that kind of three week, um, opening pretty nicely.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what are some of the tools that you're using? So you've got, you've got CAD you're using like Vectorworks or land effects or, uh, I or use land
1: effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yes. a big proponent of CAD.
0: Yeah. And we're using you know, land effects quite yeah. a bit also. And, um, and then you're doing QuickBooks for all of your billing and that type of thing.
1: Yep. I use and then,
0: QuickBooks. And then what are some of the other kind of apps and tools that are kind of critical to, to what you're doing?
1: Um, one of the tools that I use, um, probably, you know, I don't know, maybe third or fourth on that list. I mean, I think land effects and QuickBooks are are probably, you know, depending on the day or the week, number one and number two. And then, um, I, I'm really, I use my calendar. I use Google calendar a ton. Mm -hmm. um, And then I pair that with um, a program called Asana. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a a CRM. It's, it's great, especially with um, Colleen working remotely. It allows us to update stuff on project lists, update to-do lists for each other. And um, we store all of our client information in there as well. So that Either of us. And then I've got it on my phone. So I yeah, can easily fantastic. pull up a client's address, yeah. email, anything from anywhere I'm at. Now, did, um, I,
0: did I turn you on to Asana? Cause that might've been me. I don't, I don't know. I was, maybe. I, was kind of, I was kind of a big uh, Asana walk years ago. I, I, I love that program and it's, yeah. uh, and it's just absolutely transformed everything for me uh, the, the episode we did on, uh, office processes, office systems, uh, it's a key part of that. The thing I love about it is it's kind of a do list that when you check it off, you know, your day is over. Like I'm done because there's a million things to do, but this is all I needed to do today. And now that these are done, I can goof around, you know? So, uh, not that that happens a lot, but, but I even have
1: like our, our, when Colleen and I have a, a Monday meeting, I even have like our agenda in there, and we have a, a mm-hmm. whole project in Asana that is just mm-hmm. our our Monday mm-hmm. review meeting. So that I have in there, you know, I update it with what tasks are due this week, what's mm-hmm. coming up next week, what things do we need to check in on and review. And she has a list, and I have a list, and it, it works out pretty well.
0: We've been using it for uh, employee reviews and kind of as a Kanban board situation where you can mm-hmm. move back and forth. I track all the designers proposal cadence on it. And, um, even our like fleet maintenance and stuff like that, which oh, has really been, nice. really been helpful. So yeah, big advocate and, and it's free, which is shocking, yes. you know, Yeah. Uh, until you get into like the, the multi-team functionality. But honestly, I don't know that many people even need that. So, and then, uh, uh, you're probably using office then for some spreadsheet type stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I
1: do a lot of stuff in Excel. Um, our, mm-hmm our bid document that we put together for contractors is all in Excel. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I am a huge advocate for tracking time. And we do that in Excel um, at some point when I have enough employees, then, you know, I'll probably switch to, a a more robust time tracking system. But for now um, Excel is great because we have it broken in into sections by job. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to, to pull numbers on, okay, how long does a typical planting plan take? How long does a typical um, base plan take to input all of Mm -hmm. those things? So it's easy to, to pull those numbers and kind of diagnostics, especially with new employees to kind of see kind of where their, where their production rate is, is as
0: well. I think a lot of people that might listen to the episode um, are probably curious about that more than anything else because of your reputation for being well organized uh, in that way. Let's take a quick break and we will be back in just a second with Chrissy Maybay. We are back, and uh, I wanted to shift over to a uh, quick discussion because we only have about less than 10 more minutes um, about creativity. Do you, do you feel like – I know you're doing your thing, and you're getting stuff done, and uh, uh, you're passionate about your work. Is there do, do you feel like you're really being creative and innovating in your work, and is there something as an innovation that you want to do that you feel like you're on the cusp of but you're not doing yet?
1: So that is – probably one of the things that I I find is kind of a a big crutch of mine because I, I really prioritize productivity and efficiency and I can crank out some really great work really quickly. Um, But I find sometimes I, I really enjoy the opportunity, which I don't always schedule myself the opportunity to really like sit down and dig in really deep on something. And so there's, I've been really better in probably the last year about scheduling my time when a project comes up that I know like this has the opportunity to really do some really innovative, more, more interesting things. I will skip one of my, I will strategically not place one of my other client meetings so that I can have a little bit more breadth of room to, to really focus Mm -hmm. more and spend more time on something. Mm -hmm. And, just do more sketching instead of mm-hmm. I mean usually I'll do probably five or six sketches and then I'll revise that into two and um on ones where I really want to dive in deep and get more creative I'll find myself doing that you know three four times in a row and then you know I'll generate six you know revised and you're sketches doing it be- and you're doing it, it because you want
0: that. to you're doing it not because it's required so much but it, you you really want to do it and that's what you're Right, what you're feeling passionate about. It. I think that's critical. I mean, if you can, if you can be conscious of that, and recognize it, and know that you can freely take advantage of it, and and, and fit it into your schedule without a lot of turmoil. And
1: not uh, every client calls for it. I mean, sure. there's some clients that even my worst work is going to be leaps and bounds above what they what they mm-hmm. expect. Mm-hmm. But I hold myself to really high standards, and I know that when mm-hmm. there's a client that you know really mm-hmm. is going to see and value like some really unique details and that's mm-hmm. something that i i really want to push to kind of do do more of and create more opportunities for myself to really dive into some of those super unique details
0: so do you feel like there's any aspect of your work that you'd want to expand into that you're not doing that that's within reach that that you're not doing yet but you're that interests you
1: um, Not really. I, I find more so that I want to not expand more into other things that I'm not quite touching, but more really hone in and, and focus on the things that I'm enjoying the most.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I mean, if you can recognize that you're in your sweet spot, you know, how many people actually have that or are willing to acknowledge that kind of luxury, you know, so you sound, uh, you sound satisfied with what you're doing, which is rare, you know. <laughs> Uh, and and that's good. I, I I admire you for being a, a really centered individual. and uh, and it and it shows, you know, well, you know, thank you. you're not braggy and you know, showy about what you do, and yet your work is really high quality. You're willing to help others. and uh, and you have a facet of your uh, personality that I particularly admire, and that is that you're very pragmatic. You know, you just you get the work done without sacrificing the creativity, which is, you know, a lot of times we're, we're, we're leaning in one direction more than the other. I just got a plan back that a client Medina had I had punted on because there was so much permitting on it. Uh, and she sent it out to an engineer and It came back and all my work was just gutted. And it's all like modular block walls and, you know, fill and, uh, you know, and uh, excelsa Cedars marched in a line with Arborvitae. And I just think to myself, that is, you know, the engineer's way, I guess. Um, yeah. but, but you could certainly, you know, go off the ledge in that direction. Um, as somebody who's been in the industry some period of time, do you feel like, um, there's a direction you'd like to see it go that it's not going?
1: Um, I, I don't know that I'd like to see it go in necessarily a different direction. Um, but I, I find that more recently I've been really thinking a lot more and I just had a great conversation, um, for my podcast with um, Lisa Nunemaker, and Mm we talked about this, is really trying to figure out a way to bring more awareness to the industry and bring more younger generations interested in the industry. Because I I think that there's a, a little bit of a, like we talked about before, a lack of interest and a lack of understanding of kind of what the difference between a landscape architect is versus a designer versus a horticulturist versus an installer and really kind of bringing more, more people into the industry. I think a lot of our colleagues found this as a second or sometimes even third career choice. And I think my, um, my path into the industry is kind of unique and I, I think it would be nice to bring more people into this industry earlier on instead yes. of kind of yeah. stumbling yeah. upon it yeah. later yeah. later in life.
0: Do you feel like you would have leaned in on landscape architecture in high school if you'd known about it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love mm-hmm. I've always loved being outdoors and mm-hmm. hiking and camping and um being outside and my my dad had a beautiful garden um mm-hmm. growing up and I if I had known about it, it definitely would be would have been, mm-hmm. you know, my my first choice had I have known.
0: Good on you. You know, uh, I appreciate that you're out there making the world a better place and and leaving a trail of happy clients behind you. We are very fortunate to have Chrissy Maybay with us today. Thank you so much, Chrissy.
1: Thank you, Alan. I appreciate the time, and um, I I want to also mention, you know, you you reached out to me when I first started my business, and were you know super kind and generous with your time and some. You know, answering some you know probably what seemed to you maybe silly questions, um, but I I appreciate your time and your willingness to to share and be open.
0: I forgot to invoice you for that. I gotta work. I gotta work that <laughs> up. All right, you take care. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you.